The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory Glory to you. Jesus and his disciples went into Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, he entered the synagogue and taught. They were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. The unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. They were all amazed, and they kept on asking one another, what is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. At once, his fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Last week I was on retreat with the Brotherhood of St. Gregory, and I bring you the greetings of the Brotherhood. We were up the Hudson River, where we normally gather in Wappingers Falls, New York. And on Friday after lunch, we disbanded and all went our own ways, and I headed back into the city by train and ended up um, getting off the train in Cedarhurst, which is a neighborhood in Queens, near uh, JFK International Airport, and I found myself, much to my surprise, walking through a largely Orthodox Jewish neighborhood, looking at these big, old, beautiful, three-story homes, and I was walking about a mile and a half from the train stop to the hotel where I was going to spend the night, and I began to reflect on how each of these homes there were, had a family in them and a whole universe of perspectives, and it felt like just a whole different place from Mill Valley, California. Totally different. And yet, I thought, here we are in the same country, worshiping the same God, but with a whole different set of patterns and cultural traditions to undergird and support that. Which brings us to the question of today's readings in a diverse environment like ours and in a diverse environment like the ancient world, how do we know who has authority? How do we know who has authority? How do we recognize it? Do we elect it? Do we look for things that please and satisfy us, as we often do in the individual West? Do we recognize authority when it agrees with what we think and what we believe? Or is there something else to look for? This is a very old question. It's one that in today's reading from Deuteronomy, the Deuteronomist does not answer for us. 
Moses simply promises that a prophet will be raised up from among the people, but at least in this passage, Moses gives no clue on how we are to recognize that prophet when that prophet comes along. And this was, in fact, an ancient riddle for the early Christians as well. By late in the first century, Christian communities began to create lists of criteria that had to be met if you were to know a prophet was authentic. Did he stay too long? Did he ask for money in exchange for the prophecy? Did he say things that were not in alignment with the apostolic teaching that our community inherited? There was no easy answer to these questions, but you can tell from the documentation of that early period that the early Christian communities were wrestling with this. And in a way, Mark's community was wrestling with this, and so was that early first century community in Corinth to whom Paul is writing today. They had a pressing question. They had fallen into dissension with one another because some of them said it was fine to eat food sacrificed to idols, and others said, no, it wasn't. And the interesting thread that connects them all is a Greek term that is common to both Paul's letter and to Mark's gospel. For those of you who like words in foreign languages, it's the Greek word akousia. It has a wide gamut of meaning in the early Christian texts. It's translated in some places as power, in other places as rights. Our translators today translated in Paul's letter as liberty, and then in Mark's gospel as authority. There's a sense in the word of agency. And beneath it all, of course, is that age-old question. How do we know authority when we see it? What do we use as a litmus test to recognize authentic authority and, indeed, divine authority at work in our midst? Paul is arguing that the authority or liberty at work in the Corinthian community is not good enough because it's dividing the community. Jesus might have said the same thing to the synagogue at Capernaum. They knew the teachings of one group that is commonly called the Pharisees, and they knew the careful and often modest teachings of the scribes who were busy carefully parsing the holy texts of their tradition to unearth the truth for the community. And so it was always offered with a little bit of a hedge, if you will. This is what we see in the text. It might not be what we see next week, but it is what we see this Sabbath. Then comes Jesus, talking, as Mark tells us, with an authority that the community has never seen before. Speaking with an authority that seems to be outside of the carefully guarded structures of the tradition and indeed the elites 
that have their roots and their formal authority stemming from the temple in Jerusalem. This is different, they say. But how do we know it's authentic? How do we know it's real? How do we know that Jesus is indeed a prophet like the one that Moses foretold? A teacher sent by God among us. For us as 21st century Christians living in the West, the question remains with us, how do we know when God's authority is at work in our lives? How do we recognize it? How do we trust it? Especially in this day and age where it seems like there's a scandal under every rock. When it's all over the newspapers every day. Authority seems to be mistrusted if we do anything with it at all. Or do we retreat cynically into our own authority, our own liberty, as Paul might say, and all go our separate ways and live in divided communities with dissension among one another? How do we know? Mark, in his usual pithy way, points to an answer. Because right after this question is raised, he talks about the miraculous healing of a member of the synagogue community who is possessed, as Mark puts it, in that first century way, by an unclean spirit. Probably the community knew this guy well. He had probably unsettled them for a long time. They weren't quite sure what to do with him. He probably shouted out in synagogue at inappropriate moments. He probably sat on the street corners in the town for the rest of the week and bothered a lot of people. He was probably very much on the outs with the whole community. But Jesus heals him and brings him back into the fold in a remarkable turn. So remarkable, in fact, that the people are floored, even more so than they were when Jesus began to speak with authority, as they say. Mark wants us to understand that the authority of God at work in our midst is marked by nothing less than healing, than salvation. Salvation, which has healing at its root meaning. Redemption. Paul talks about this, too, in his writing to that early Christian community in Corinth. He said, you're thinking about the wrong things if you begin with your ecousia, your liberty, your own authority. Rather, he points 
to the healing and redemptive power of love. And when we begin there, something extraordinary begins to happen. And the true authority of God begins to be revealed in community. This is how we know. This is how we know wherever we look in our lives, wherever God is at work, is where we will find healing. Where we will find reconciliation. Where we will find hope. Where we will find the building up of community once again in a divisive age. Our whole tradition holds that up and enshrines that in the sacramental life and in the words that we hear from Scripture. These are meant to be words of healing. That is what gives them authority. And that is where we find authority in our lives because that authority comes from God's salvation for us. A God who wants nothing less than to show us the divine love for all creation. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.